0: Welcome to the PT Game Changer podcast, where I interview personal trainers and uh, now gym owners that have run really successful personal training businesses, usually uh, in the vicinity or over um, six-figure incomes, and then gone on to either open their own gym or or gone next level with their next projects. Um, And what I really try and do is cut to the heart of what made them successful in their own right. Um, what particular things did they do? And oftentimes I find that it's it's different for each person. So um, really quite valuable stuff. Today, my guest is Ben Masters. Ben was one of my first mentors, um, not from a, a technical ability point of view, or I didn't learn any training stuff from him, but he really taught me some some social skills and some um, the ability to overcome barriers in my my mental state and my uh, my psychology. That allowed me to go from being, you know, a pretty, a pretty knowledgeable but just okay earning trainer to, to really kick an ass and you know having weeks where um, I was making sort of two and a half thousand bucks. So listen up, he has an absolute gold and he has some really practical things that are going to make a difference to your business right this week. Enjoy. All right, welcome to the PT Game Changer Podcast. Um, my guest today is Ben Masters. Ben and I have known each other for quite a while now. We've been uh, we've come to be very good mates after a uh, an interesting start at the, the club we worked at, to say the least. Um, ben is um, just to be transparent. Ben is is one of my business partners in the gym that we're opening, um, so I am very biased in thinking that he knows a lot and that his knowledge is very valuable because uh, our our future depends on it. But um, he, uh, he's a guy that is a little bit a bit been a bit unorthodox in the way that uh, he ran his business and the, I suppose the um, the way that he lived his life while he was PTing, which we can get into maybe a bit later. Um, I'll get him to to give you a bit of background. Um, he's he's worked in Australia. He's worked internationally. Uh, he's he's currently um, coaching a, a sporting team as well. So I'll let him just unfold how he got started. And, um, and what's brought him up to this point and there's some real angles that we're going to take on today that hopefully, um, allow you to set your own business up in the way that, that really suits you best while still making money. So Ben, welcome. Thanks mate. No worries. Uh, so yeah, mate, why don't you just, just launch into however you want to explain it, you know, what, where'd you start and, and what took you overseas and what's brought you to this point now in,
1: yeah, however you say it. Yeah, cool. Um, okay mate, we'll go back to the start. What got me started?
0: Uh, probably just my love of sport really
1: uh, initially um, and then I think uh, natural talent got me so far and then everyone else started doing the gym and uh, become bigger and stronger and I was, a, I was a little bit late on that but then once I started getting into the gym I, I loved it and then uh, I guess I thought well I, can, I was training my mates and all the other league boys anyway so I thought why not do this for a job? <laughs> you know, if I can do this in my yep. spare time I thought why not do it and get paid? I hey, what you do, like doing anyway, so uh, that sort of got me into it, um, and then from there, basically, yeah, well, obviously we met down in Florida, so I moved to Perth, got away from my old friends who are from a country town, doesn't really have much of a, a appeal personal training in a small country town, uh, people rather go to the pub. No clients, <laughs> yeah, they go to the pub, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's with most of the training's done. Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. No, no, <laughs> it has its place. Um, so, yeah, so obviously we met in Florida, um, and then, yeah, I was... I was I was loving it there, um, and, and only left really uh, chase a girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, um, it, was, it was more of a yeah hit the, hit the thirty mark and was getting there and seen a bit of the world. Took off. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, as, Where did you work in? Because uh, you went to to the UK, yeah, and you you were based in Portsmouth. Was it lived in Portsmouth?
1: Yeah, worked just outside of Southampton. Um, it was called a Sporter. They got bought out by a Virgin, but uh, very high end gym. Um, the, the, those sort of chains in the David Lloyds gyms are, are, are amazing over there. Yeah. Uh, nothing like I've seen here. I haven't been to Next Generation in Perth, but I, I, I'd assume it's very similar. We had 16 tennis courts at our at our gym, two swimming pools, uh, spas, the, yep. a restaurant, cafe. So pretty
0: um, toffee kind of clientele, Very yep. yep. market, good money mm-hmm. that area? Very much so, yeah. Cool, all right. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about how you woo rich clients. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you did the UK thing, you came back to Oz, and um, and then how's it kind of gone for you since? I know you you took a bit of a, a sideways step um, from the PT. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I went into personal training management. Um, yeah, it had its own unique challenges. I, I, I think I was more, at the, at the time, it was probably a lot of it to do with uh, settling down, looking at uh, getting married stuff, you know, and...
0: Turning into an adult, you can say. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm just dancing <laughs> around it, Try to <laughs> do the adult thing and
1: get a secure income, which everyone seems to almost bought into the hype that it is secure. I don't know. I don't think that having a full time job is as secure as everyone thinks. Things change, um, but uh, they out. I probably gave into a bit of outside pressure to, to do that and, and, and go down that path and try and be, you know, become a club manager and have a higher uh, income and do the. The right thing and get a house that society tells you that we're supposed to do. Um, so I did that um, for about twelve months and then jumped into a sales manager role as well. Um, I'll just you know, extra skills was the was the uh, you know, leading into club manager. I thought it would be a good thing to learn. Uh, so I did twelve months in that as well, um, and then got to a point where I probably you know, uh, warm myself out a little bit, but also like the, the the club manager role that I really was after, I was still a, a long way away. Um and then that's sort of why I have finished that to be honest. Um, and at the moment I'm am just doing private PT now, so I've almost like scaled back. Uh, and, and, and doing that until we kick off our stuff.
0: Yeah. You know? so, yep. Yeah, cool. And you um you um S&C and coaching for oh yep yeah, North Beach Rugby Club. North Beach so, Club yeah, that's that's great down there.
1: Uh, yeah, obviously get to train train guys that are a bit you know high end, really really strong powerful guys. Um, so that's always good fun there. And, and, and plus I love rugby league, so it doesn't really feel like work at all.
0: Yep. Cool. All right. Well, you know, I'll touch on a couple of things that you you brought up. So, um, I find it interesting when you say that you took more of a, like a, an employee position as a manager, you know, for the, for the, like, so the so-called so, so, so called secure money, because mm-hmm. you were, like U P T for was it three or four years before we left Australia. Yep. Um, how insecure was your cash when you were PT? Um,
1: well, all PTs probably was at the start for a little bit until you actually, you know, pull your finger out and get some clients, and then it was uh, after that. It was very consistent, really. Um, never had any money troubles yeah. after that. Yeah. I, I, as you know, I was really um, a, a big child. I never really read my books properly. Um, and I, I, I definitely wouldn't. I definitely tell younger PTs to do as I say, not as I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, had great income. Um, and I ran a few group sessions as well. So my group sessions alone would have paid my rent and my bills and stuff. And all my first training money was just was just play money for me. I didn't really have any. Uh, yep. I just, yeah, really. yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm the same. I, I'm a bit. Uh, it's funny because we've been around for a while, and you watch the industry. Um, we've kind of watched it unfold in a big way. And you know, there's there's a lot of guys coming out of. Um, certain four courses, and there's um, you hear it all the time, you know. PT start and then say that the money's not consistent, or it's not, you know, it's not enough, or people cancel and stuff like that. But, but you know, I mean, in the first six months to twelve months, I suppose, when you're feeling it out, that's that's possibly true. But I don't, I didn't experience that myself after that period of time. Like, you know, I think most of the guys that we know that that were running solid businesses, I never had any problems with. Consistency, I didn't really have bad weeks, you know. You you definitely planned for Christmas and stuff like that, but um, do you feel like it really is that inse- uh, insecure, or people just, just doing it wrong and they fucking it up? Um, To, to put
1: it nicely, I, I
0: think they're fucking it
1: up. Yeah. Uh, I really do. I, one of the big things that we were always, you know, we, we always tell everyone that we know you have to have a cancellation policy in place, otherwise people will take the pick, Uh once they get away with it a few times, and, and some people are just too lenient. They're like, yeah, you no know, worries, mate. They cancel 20 minutes before a session and let them off. I mean, you, you, it's a two-way street, you know? Like, I used to say to people, if I cancel on you late without a legit reason, you know, like, and I mean legit reason, uh, I'll, I'll give them a free session. So, therefore, I never, never did it either. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do out, give out free yeah, time once you're busy. So, um, and then they respect you for that, so they don't have any problem probably paying it. Um, and, and just doing all the little things right as well, you know, I, I find that if they're enjoying the sessions too, they'll, they'll want to
0: come as well. Yeah, because, I mean um I, I could be wrong but i I got the impression, and I, I used to watch your sessions a lot because um because the your clients always seem to be kind of hang hanging on you a bit like they were they'd stare at you a little bit like they we were <laughs> waiting for the next thing you were gonna say and and no, legitimately um and it you know um I, I suppose do you think it was the fact that you' had laid in the law at the start, or was it more something you were doing in your sessions that was getting people coming back? Because uh, because we were talking about this before, like I remember, um, like ben, ben played rugby league um, during the winter and then played um, touch and other sports in summer, and he would literally go when the season changed. He go to his clients. Well, I'm playing footy on these nights, so everyone's got to move, and they all did. And then you know summer had come and he's like, "Well, I'm playing touch on these nights. You've all got to move," and they all did. You know. So do you, what do you think? How do you think you kept them on a string so easily and and, and got them to just just change, you know, like, cause, cause I, I didn't feel like I was able to do that, um, with my clients as easily. It's a good question actually.
1: Um, I, uh, geez, how do I, I probably think a lot of it is just that relationship, you know? So it's,
0: uh,
1: it's probably got a lot to do with, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the guys oh, well. appreciate that I played sport and they knew that I loved it. So they could see that I, uh, you know, got excited about it. And then, um, so when, I, when my seasons did change, like I literally, I guess it wasn't too hard as well because I used to do. i always have two nights off for support a week, so it really was a matter of just getting the guys instead of doing Tuesday, Thursday, it had to be Monday, Wednesday. So probably lucky in that regard, but I just think they since they probably just didn't enjoy their workouts a lot. They were just like they didn't want to. Oh, you know, I retract that last little bit. A lot of it too is if people really want to do it, they will make the time. You
0: know? Yeah. Like if
1: if they're enjoying the sessions. I've always found that. If, when I even go to a new place, I don't always look at my diary, look at what I'm going to play sport, and I'll just black it out. And I'll just make people book in around that. And they'll be like, oh, I've got something on Monday, oh, and you're like, well, that's have got left. And they're like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you know, I, I find people will will move their stuff to get it done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. You know, if you're, um, if you're so... Especially, I think, if you're doing something you love, like that, playing footy or whatever, um, people... Almost want you to do that for yourself, yeah, don't they? Yeah, 100%. And they, and the, the people that want you to do things to make you happy are also the ones that will do things that make themselves happy. So it's kind of you end up working with with a better quality of clientele. Hundred percent. Um. So so for for guys that are trying to say um, create the the um, timetable or, or the business hours that they want to create, mm-hmm. you, you reckon just just um, block it out and flat out tell people and and. They'll keep coming, or do you lay it down a certain way, or how do you? When I when I give them
1: their times, I'd say to people like block out what you want to do for yourself, because it'll make you a better trainer. If you're if you're playing the sport and doing the things that you want to do, you're going to become to work a lot happier and be in a better place, and then get deliver better sessions. The people will, will like you more if you're if you're buzzing. So I, I I say it from the start, just just block out the areas that you don't want to work, to do the stuff that you want to do, and then when people come to book in sessions and they don't want to book in that time, just say you don't have to tell them what you're doing. You, some, up to yourself, you might say, oh, I'm playing sport that night, or you might say, oh, sorry, I'm booked out then." But, you know, people will go to a busy trainer too, so if if they've got a really, limited spots to
0: uh, book in, well, they'll, they'll make time. They'll time. In. Yeah. yeah, sweet. Um, Alright, so, um, in terms of your, so you said, you, you, you know, people liked, enjoyed your sessions. In terms of well, your, I think so. <laughs> yeah, well, I reckon they did. Yeah. In terms of your programming, so I think one of the things that a lot of people find hard, and, and I've, been, I've found this really hard myself, um, being a bit of a fucking nerd, you know, um, is when you you learn technical things that you believe work, and you want to implement with clients. Where do you find the the middle ground between? I know this is possibly the, the best way to do it to achieve the goal, versus, um, you know, sometimes the best way to achieve it is is you know ten sets of ten on bench press and chin ups, and, and it's just going to be boring for that client. How do you get find a marriage between the two so that they're still getting their results, but they also feel like they want to keep coming back?
1: Yeah, it's, that's a good one. I always find that a, a bit of a juggling act. You do, you do always find you have to give the clients uh, a lot of what they need and a bit of what they want. If you've got a client who absolutely loves sit-ups, and I will never give out sit-ups to a person who doesn't like sit-ups, yeah. um, I might give them that last little five minutes and get them to do a little Routine and and they will leave buzzing because they'll think that that's that's what they like doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. They feel like they're going to get a little mad six pack out of it. But um, I also really tell people at the start of the of, of you know when you sit down and you do your initial consultation and you've already seen them move a bit and you tell them, um, well these, these are your goals. This is how we're going to get there, and this is why it's important that we do as well. So even when they're doing the stuff that they don't like, it might be like five sets of squats, but at least they'll know the benefit and, and why we're doing them. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah, still give that little buzz factor that they like doing it at the end, wherever that may be.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something I found hard. Like I, right, you know, you'd you'd learn stuff and and um, like technical things, and it's like, well, that's that's probably the best way to achieve that particular result. But um, well, I guess it's, it comes down to what your what your clients want. You know, like yeah, um, what? So because I mean, there'd be a percentage of the market that is um, you know completely mind driven will eat, you know, broken glass and cornflakes <laughs> if it means they're gonna get the results they want. Um and will just do the same same thing repetitively or they'll they'll follow the 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 um program to the letter. But what, what percentage of people do you reckon that is? Honestly in my experience. Not not much. <laughs> not much? <Yeah.
1: laughs> uh, I'd find most people at the start of their uh, session is complaining about how they've uh, not eaten they're supposed to be eating and yeah. Giving them the big guilty uh speech and
0: (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. because i think one of the things i I see a lot these days is because it is such a a huge uh, s like s and c influence that's come into the training world which i think is great from a technical standpoint um the the clients that it represents and and the, the um the intensity of their goals is kind of a bit different you know like if you're working with someone that's a reasonable level athlete reasonable to high um and winning is the most important thing to them. It's, it's pretty easy to give them something that they'll follow to the letter, right? Yes, They'll just do what you say. Yeah, and they're so driven there. Yeah. But um, but in terms of making money as a trainer, um, this is my opinion, I, I don't think that's necessarily the best way to approach if you're just looking to run a profitable, um, uh, profitable secure, stable training business. Um, do you think sometimes trainers go a bit too hardcore with the the, um, the programs they give, as opposed to you know giving the client something that's going to work, but but not making it quite so strict or quite so intense? Does that make sense?
1: Um, so you're saying you think they're going too too full on down a technical path, and then just not... maybe
0: a bit too yeah, a bit too full on with the, the programming for the the majority of the people that undertake PT, yeah. and it's quite boring, it's just boring, it's just, yeah. or yeah,
1: yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably agree with that, to be honest. Um, I've seen recently uh, a couple of trainers that we used to work with, obviously we won't mention any name, yep. um, and their clients have been passed on, clients from people that have left, and then the clients have gone with them, and they're technically sound trainers, but a lot of it is it's not very exciting, and a lot of those clients haven't stayed on.
0: Yeah, And it's not because they're not going to get results. Yeah,
1: There's obviously something missing there. I'm not sure if it's in the delivery of the actual session, or it is this so technically... Boring, really. It's yeah, just a technical, yeah, but it's just uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, there's something missing. So that's something that I've um, I've, I've spoken about recently with someone who's yeah, they've, they've lost a few clients because of that. I think they
0: just yeah. average Joe doesn't want to do you know, five sets of push pull and whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, No, I think I would agree with that. Um, and that's that's something I've really experienced myself over the years, where I've you know you've I've learnt something and tried to apply it exactly from the course I've done it in with clients. And they and just not picked up on the fact that they don't care that much, or or they just you know they their goals are not necessarily you know eleven out of ten, they're, they're yeah. seven out of ten because they still want to enjoy a you know a red one with dinner and yeah, you sure. know whatever else goes on in their life. So um, it's, it's it's a trap I think for for people that get so overwhelmed by the. I suppose, that elitist attitude, you know, and they feel like they have to be living up to that standard.
1: Yeah, for sure. it's
0: not a prerequisite to run a profitable, successful business, is it?
1: Definitely not. I've probably got two things to comment on there. I understand for young PTs coming into a a gym environment, they can get overwhelmed. They look around, there's a lot of established PTs, and and everyone obviously figures out pretty quick, smart, who who the top dogs are in in the gym. And they seem so amazing, so you probably think the young trainer's going to come in there and have to have these amazing workouts and, and really go over the top. But uh, in saying what you just said there, we've both worked with people who, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, I uh, hope uh, but no, they're, they're just they're good people and they're great laugh. They're, they're funny, but uh, not very technically sound as being very polite. Um, but they, they deliver, they are, they are fun to work with and they have profitable businesses. Yeah. Know, they, they've got a lot of clients just because of their personality um, <laughs> yeah, it's whether you as a trainer, you know, if you go off in that middle game, even better. If you can be a good trainer and be, <laughs> be profitable, or, or even better, but uh, definitely being technically sound and having amazing workouts is not the big one far from it. Yeah,
0: um, I've got something to put in my mind. So, um, how do you reckon? Because I, I think the, from the majority of guys that we know that have gone on to do you know next level stuff like open gyms yeah. or, or things like that. Most of them actually aren't particularly technical guys, are they? No, no. So they they tend to be guys that, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, I've got to say, I'm not discounting guy people that um, that want to work in a, at a technical level, you know, or at, you know, want to be get the best results and be the best and deliver, you know, programs that they, that quote unquote work. Um, but most of the people that I see that have gone on to run successful businesses have a, I guess, more of a balance of, like you said, personality. Um, business interest, you know, they want to help a lot of people and, and they really wanna I guess they themselves are people that want to be happy in their own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to enjoy themselves and, and not um not become so hardcore that that um living healthily steals all the fun out of life. Yeah. Yeah for sure. Do you um I don't know how to ask this question, but do you think that a lot of trainers get caught up in the the hows and the the doing of it but don't actually like enjoy themselves enough?
1: Does that make sense? Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, that also comes back to what we talked about before, like um, the the whole setup. Sometimes if they don't black out their diary. They, they, they're taking clients whenever they can, and all of a sudden it's all, all work and no play because you're always at the gym. Even if they're not back-to-back sessions, they don't have their weeks planned out. And that's sort of probably where it starts. Yeah. And, and then, obviously, the less fun you're having outside of work, well, then less fun you have at work as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I reckon, I mean, uh, in fact, it's something that you've taught me. Ben was one of my first kind of, uh, I guess, mentors in a way. Um, it's like when you are having fun in your life, it really comes through your skin when you're in the gym. Like people actually, like clients will come up and throw themselves at you yeah. just about yeah. if they can see it coming through what you do. And I sometimes, especially when you're new and you have having a lot of cash or, you know, you're not, you haven't quite cracked those, those kind of benchmarks. You know, most PTs will... Will just meet their rent and then their expenses, and then they'll kind of crack the thousand dollars, and then it's like get stuck at twelve hundred bucks a week, and then it's a real you know it's a drive and a real grind to get kind of that fifteen hundred, and then when you want to go above that, there's a, a next level thing, and it's hard when you when your cash is limited and you you spend a lot of time at the gym during the day to actually make sure that you are having fun yeah. in your personal life.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. tough at the start. But yeah. I've seen a lot of people. You know, you tell them. Guys, yeah, just have a relax, have a bit of fun. They'll look at you like, "How can I?" Well, How can, yeah, I, I've got to get another three sessions to cover rent, you know. And, I, and, I, and I'll get that. You know, and it's like, but uh, you, you definitely get it back. You definitely, if, if you're if you're uh, a little bit strapped one week, but you want to, you, know, you feel like you're a bit worn down. Oh, my advice would be go out and do something you love, even if it does cost fifty bucks. I guarantee you're going to get more than come a, back out. <laughs> you yeah. get a few sessions out of it, and then it'll pay for itself. You thought, well, what was I worrying about? You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, because most people don't want to train with. Someone who's boring or a jerk or unhappy, and no matter how, no matter they know no or you yeah. know how Can good they, they are, more. yeah, yeah. Oh, cool, all right. Well, mate, I jump across. So you, you, um, you were working in the UK with kind of your hiring client. Yep, yep. How did you? So, what's the difference between work, like trying to pick up, um, I guess rich people as opposed to you know if you're choosing your target market and you want to work with richies, um. How, does, how do you go about it? What's, what are the different approaches you reckon that you need to observe to make sure you address that end of the market? Yeah, definitely a lot more business-like.
1: Um, so I wouldn't wouldn't be uh, carrying on uh, being as uh, as casual, I guess, is probably the word, but still you still, still need to have a bit of fun, but definitely well-spoken, um, uh, just more business transaction at first because a lot of them were extremely wealthy. But in saying that, uh, I also think that being Australian in England really helps. Well. Okay. so i was down south uh, near Southampton. if you go to london we're everywhere there's australians everywhere but when you're outside or you know go down south a bit more well, I, I was pretty much you know, like, rare as hen's teeth out there and uh that, that definitely helped but uh, we have a bit of a reputation over there for, for being high achievers so um and, and i you know it was the second month there i was the busiest trainer just because i'd go around and i'd talk to everyone and and, and pretty much just throw yourself out there and once you, you know, as I said before, have a bit of fun about yourself, like you're, you, you build business life, but you're still, you know, pretty confident and, and having, you know, nice and chilled and relaxed. And uh, it's, honestly, it happened really, really easily for me there. Yeah. Okay. Felt so like I didn't even try. It was just, like, <laughs> just fell on my lap. But obviously, I was there
0: trying, but it just, it just felt like I didn't. it didn't wasn't hard work. So, so we did, by the end of the second month, we were the busiest guy mm-hmm. at this at this um, upmarket gym. So. Did you did you use like a um, did you have a particular process or a or a system that you used or have clients? Well, yeah. So I mean, it's it's one thing. Like, so we're saying you know make sure that you you also have like be happy, have fun, do things that you love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's which is good. But so then when you turn that into words, like so, you first meet someone um, and you are approaching. Because um, did, did you were you giving clients here or you have to get them? I had to get them all myself. To get them? Yep. Okay. So what what kind of language are you using? Um, what what techniques are you using to pick a up? Are you just hanging around and people are coming at you, or? What? No, no, I was. Um, I make sure I was always training there. So um, when you
1: new, I'd train every day. and Be seen in the gym. That's definitely the first one. Um, I, at the start, even just the layering thing, I didn't come on too full on. You know, I'm, I'm not that sort of guy to be in your face. I know trainers who um, will ask fifty people a day, you know, about their training and, and give out free sessions and. They get a lot of no's, but they definitely get all the assets and they do build their businesses quickly. Yeah. Um, I find that I'll pick less, and, and then I'll probably, probably layer, I'd say, at the start. I'll just go around and take it out of people. And the the, the the best question I always use is just, how's the training going? Because that will start a conversation. And yeah. from there, you can pretty much find out all you want to need to know in the next couple of questions. They'll like, oh, it's okay. Body language, oh, just okay. Okay. And then it'll go. It'll be like, oh, I'm not getting the results I want. Insert. Oh, okay. Yeah. Catch-all for catchphrase there. Oh, yeah. really? What, what sort of goals are you after? And then you're away. You know, free session, where you go. You know, it's um. But from that that, that first conversation, has the training going. You know, like even if you just see them two days later, ask them again. Just keep touching base, and and by the end of that first week, you know, I already had people start to come up to me then, um, just because they'd see me training people too. Then you flow on the other stuff I talked about before. Is you're doing good sessions, the people who are enjoying themselves. Well, then it's just. Raining, raining sessions, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. definitely that first. I think you can get so much that it would be my my thing is, is say good day to people, and start how the training's go. You can take it from there. How comfortable you feel at the time, whether you want to pursue that conversation all the way to a session or leave it to tomorrow. But it depends how good you're good you are at that conversation. I think.
0: Okay, and and so like, I might lead this into like your time as a, a PT manager. Um, so switch hats when you when you feel like it. But for so so you'd agree, having been a, tr- a training manager, but also working in gyms for like close to 10 years, um, most of the time, trainers don't like asking people for sessions or asking people for money, right? Definitely. What, what, what percentage 100%. do you reckon? probably? Oh, I'd say 30% would ask people on the floor and seventy wouldn't. Yep. Okay. So we'll say 70% of people are too uncomfortable to, to bring it up. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, what, are your, uh, what are your go-to tips to get people more comfortable to make the whole process more easy? Hmm. Good question, Right.
1: Drink red wine before the session. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Just honestly, I think just uh, becoming more comfortable with themselves, even in just every sort of social interaction. I, I'd say to them, like, do you really want to be a personal trainer? And if, they, if they really do want to be a personal trainer, we well, you're going to have to get better at talking to people. Okay, so whether that's be... Go out with your friends more on the weekend, you know, just dare yourself to go talk to a random person, you know, like get out of your comfort zone, like, you know, what's that saying, your life starts at the end of your comfort zone, Yeah, so you're going to have to get out of it, there's no way, you can't go through um, and become a profitable personal trainer without some level of uh, being able to ask people for sessions.
0: Yep, and, and I know you've used, um, you had a technique once you used to get people more comfortable just... Starting up chats, so you, it uh, was a bit of fun, like a bit of a fun way without <laughs> yeah. being too confronting. Yeah, Trying to explain one this one. <laughs> I think it's pretty. You made this up, right? Yeah, well, I made this up on the spot. We had a
1: couple of uh, trainers who literally would never ask. We, we had a we had a, um, uh, a, a, a way we could go about things where they had free sessions when they started at the gym. So our trainers would actually give out some sessions that were supplied for them, and at the end they had to ask for uh, if they wanted to continue training. And we had several people that wouldn't even ask even after the sessions that we've arranged for them. So uh, obviously, if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, so I, I, I racked my brain trying to think of a way how to get them a bit more uh, used to asking people questions. And we made a little list for some points. So we went around around the shopping centre. I had a little point system like that to ask someone for the time. That was the easy one, get a bit of confidence up. And then I had to ask the other person, right, uh, where was the, the liquor store? But they had to ask right in front of the liquor store, so they felt a little bit silly. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you know, as they got a bit bit tougher, we, we could throw some harder ones out there, uh, like, can you scratch my back? Um, Things like that, just to get them out of their shell. And um, and it really highlighted who was good at that yeah. and, who, and who wasn't. And, and some of the people who really struggled, like one girl couldn't even ask them what the time was because she felt silly because it was a... Fake question. It was a fake question. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the, the harsh reality is that she's not a personal trainer anymore. Like, yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah, yep. As harsh as that is, that's 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 the, that's the truth, guys. If you can't ask
0: someone what the time is, you're not going to be able to ask
1: someone for one session. But. Yeah. But it was actually it was a fun little. game. Uh,
0: yeah. One of the ones I remember was um, you had to ask for the time while wearing a watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you actually had your watch on and ask someone for the time. Um, and I, I, I'm a massive believer in this because this is something that really changed. Um, I, I guess changed the the level that my business operated on, going from kind of being. A trainer at a, a good level in a gym to to escalating to um, lecturing and, and other opportunities that I got was um, was like you said making yourself uncomfortable because in like in my experience and we've both done some pretty heavy sales stuff right like mm-hmm. we became a sales manager um, you know a couple hundred um, sales a month sort of stuff managing a team of five guys um, and I've and I've done some sales in houses and stuff and things like that and there it, it really comes down to two two methods like you can either ask Everyone, and then get some yeses and some no's, and a lot of no's come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can get better at, at, at just asking in the first place and pick your your client or your your target a little bit more carefully. Yeah, yeah but sure. you basically, for lack of a better word, you basically fucked if you can't if you can't um, take your your fears or or those challenges and put stepping stones in place to be able to, to get past them. Yeah. So like you said, if you can't, if you can't ask someone for the time or 50 people at, you know, a major shopping center for the time, uh, in a day, then you haven't, that's such a low level of, of fear to, to have. If you can't face that, then how are you going to ask someone for, you know, potentially two, 300 bucks a, a week, or how are you going to ask a, um, a future employer? Like someone might be offering a job in an area that you're, You're not comfortable with, but you're probably talented enough to do, and you just won't ask because you're afraid of getting the no. Yeah, like you you really do need to do the a bunch of nos to realise that it's just not a big fucking deal, is it? Like it doesn't matter. Exactly, it doesn't matter. Um, so so uh, putting those stepping stones in place. Um, from I'm too scared to now ask anyone. Yeah, and um, you really find out that that all the things that you're afraid of, like they they're not really true, are they? No, they happen. No, it's
1: not like the first time you get rejected by a hot girl. You know, like you, you think all these terrible things are going to happen and you probably talk yourself out of talking. It was skills. the 200th time for me. It was, yeah. it, was about, uh, it was about 10 beers, pints for me. I was like, now oh, I've yeah. got the courage up. And she said no. And I was like, you know what? That's not so bad. Like, <laughs> probably because I had about 10 pints too many. But, uh, but you know, 100%, like the, the no's. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask a new trainer to go up. I wouldn't single someone out and say, you have to look at that person and give them a session. Because you don't want to give them an anxiety attack and crush their hopes. It's too big, right? It's too big. Yeah, yeah just build up. You've got to yeah, start with the, 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 the what's the time questions and get a bit of confidence up. And, and it's just like anything. The more you do it, the easier it is. I
0: mean, like, yeah.
1: I don't think uh, you know, tennis players that ain't start out as world champions. They're probably awkward. They probably hate it when they first started. But you you play it enough, you get used to it. And you yeah. know, people forget that I was actually quite a shy country boy at one once upon a time. You know, like I
0: don't think anyone believes it. Really. <laughs> no, no one believes it. They're like. Geez, you can't shut up, mate. You know, like,
1: you <laughs> talk to anyone, but you know, I, I same thing. I did the, the steps in place, and yeah. And then afterwards, it was just second like nature.
0: Yeah, um, I think too. We've seen um, like some of the, the, I guess, the biggest influences in our professional lives. Like, there's no, there's no real difference in their their abilities from a, um, I guess, from a sales point or from a technical point of view. But they just, like the guys that we know that have done, that are doing it, have done really well, they just have made the decision to do it and gone and done it. Yes. And they don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks about what they're going to do. They just, this is what I'm doing. I'll put this in place. They don't care if, you know, if you hate their idea. They don't care if someone else hates it. They don't care if it's not the, uh, you know, the, have the seal of approval from the latest guru or whatever. <laughs> they just go, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to back myself, put it out there and just sell the shit out of it until... Until I'm successful, like that's, yeah, for sure. That's the major difference, right? That's right having a say. crack.
1: It's just having a crack. They're back like, themselves, and you're exactly right. They don't care what anyone else says. That's that's huge. Yeah. yeah I find cool. the people that are going to sit there and pick a part of the people's sessions aren't doing that well themselves. Otherwise, they wouldn't care.
0: They would care. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I lost my train of thought there. So, all right. So let, let's. So now I've said all that. That having a crack is probably the big thing, but at the same time, like um, as a sales manager. Um, I've seen this myself. Having having some structured sales processes actually does work, right? For sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, what do you reckon the the minimum um, things that a PT should have in place to ensure that they can consistently keep? So, once they get past the fear of asking, um, what should, what things should they put in place to make sure that they're? I guess they're. they're the sales process or the asking for money process is as successful as possible without feeling like they're selling used cars. Does that make sense? What's successful? So, so like, um, so we've sold, we've sold scripts, right? Yep. Um, and we've done things like, um, overcoming objections and, and, you know, things that can be fairly uncomfortable to to, to ask people. What do you reckon the the minimum, people should have in place so is, is it just you should have it some form of sales script or is there
1: i think so i think you need to have something in place i've, a, I've actually got no problem with even people writing it down and they have to read it off if it does come up with book salesy
0: yeah but i'd rather
1: that than than not being comfortable in their script and then not saying it at all forgetting where they're what they're going to ask freezing up then going oh, catch you later yeah yeah I, and, I, and i've seen pts finish that last free session and go Okay, you've so got number, if you want really to or... train, give me a call. And I'm like, oh, that is terrible. Yeah. yeah. So I, I even, I just, even when they're uncomfortable, I'd still have get, you know, had like that session. And obviously, if you're good at it, you know, you're going to be um, ticking these questions off as you three through sessions going. But you've definitely got to have a couple of things there. Of, of like, you know, at, at the worst, uh, would you like to continue training? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stage one. Uh, stage one, just ask <laughs> something. Just ask something. <laughs> just ask something. Uh, um... <laughs> And also really the change, stuff yeah. that we've learned with the other stuff is like how much can you afford, you know, other company objections, But as a bare minimum, you're definitely got to ask how they like that. Um, can you see this be beneficial? Would you like to continue training? That would be my bare minimum. That would be better than uh, that 70% of people that don't like asking. Some yep. of those are terrible. So <laughs>
0: yep. yeah, it doesn't have to be a
1: long process if you're not comfortable, but that's what I'd start with and build from there.
0: Okay. Yeah, cool. And um and so if, they, if people put that minimum out in place, then what do you think are the? I guess you know we talk about overcoming objections. Mm-hmm. What are the what are the the next step things that will really see conversion rates go up to like a significant amount? Because I know I know from experience and, and from working um, uh, with you, like I think your when you were selling like memberships for example, I think your conversion rate was like ninety percent, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know going from and 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 just to give you an idea, the industry standard is conversion is like thirty percent, um, and that's that's a number that I have seen from um, from working with a lot of PTs and taking their averages on a spreadsheet and just plugging in. So so turning up will pretty much give you around thirty percent if you're an average trainer. So what do you reckon you need to do to go from the average of thirty percent, which which really sucks? Like if you're going to talk to you're going to spend time with. Ten people and get and make three of them clients. Like you're going to be doing a lot of sessions. Yeah, you know a yeah, lot sure. of a lot of banter, a lot of back and forth, and you're going to be burning a lot of people. How do you go to 70, 80, 90 percent conversion rates?
1: Mm. I mean, that's really it's honestly about building rapport. I think um, that that is massive. If you can if you can hit it off, and you're just going to dig, you're going to ask questions about them until you find some sort of common ground. I mean, and if if you can't find any. Well, if you've got a couple of sessions, as most of the people, they hand out three sessions at most gyms. Do some research. I've, I've, uh, I've, done, that. I've done that before. I've, I've got a client who I thought would be a good client. This is before Game of Thrones was cool. Uh, he was working on Game of Thrones in England, and uh, I had no idea what it was. So on on the TV? He was on it. He, he did all the stay, uh All the studs for it. So. Yeah. so I was um I went home and Googled it and found out some stuff so I could talk to him about something. And <laughs> he's in his next session. So then the next session, we hit it off from well mates. And... Uh, Easy sell. Um, so that's the big one. Build rapport, find some common ground. Um, after that, it really is, you're just going to tie in their goals. So you've got to get that. You've got to remember the people purchase for emotional reasons. It won't be there. the 7% body fat if that's their goal won't be the the reason they're doing it. There's something behind that. So you've got to you've got to dig and get that. So you build rapport, get their emotional attachment, you're halfway there. Well, probably more than halfway. You're pretty yeah. much... You'd have to stuff it up for them, I believe, or they actually literally can't afford it. But they can afford something, you know. I'm sure they can give up, give up drinking on the weekend, or there'll be something out there eating twenty dollars breakfast out the, the corner, like especially in Perth. There's nothing. <laughs> Breakfasts are pretty expensive, but uh, if you can get those two things, you, you're pretty much going to get a, a pretty high conversion rate, in my opinion, even with a pull script.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So build rapport. Um, hit the emotional buttons. Have you got? You got any um, tips on kind of how to how to dig into that point where it's like you tip them over, like you. Um, so when you talk about making, because because this is something I guess I really struggled with was, and I'm not, I haven't always been a really empathetic guy. Like I've been a pretty serious kind of straight up and down guy for a long time, um, and I've, I've come around over the last few years. But um, it can be hard when, because you know you, you hear things as you're going along uh, along your PT journey, and I remember people saying to me. You know, build rapport, and to me, it was like, well, well, I'm, I'm going to ask them about their fuck what they want to learn, what they want to do. You know, I'm asking about their training needs. Like, how much weight do you want to lose? Like, if they want friends, they can you know go join a, a book club or something. Like, maybe even a mate. Um, if you're not, if you're not a natural kind of rapport building person and you don't find conversation easy, what have you got any anything that you find that is teachable with the guys you've worked with? That's a good question. I'll put you on the spot uh, here because, yeah, a bit. because it's it's um it's all it's all well and good and some people do it. You know, the people who do it naturally tend to already have a lot of clients. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so, so how do you how do you how do you bridge that gap for people that maybe aren't as as naturally sociable or haven't learned it yet? How do you? Okay.
1: Um. That's a good question. It's probably to be honest, you're looking better at answering that one. Being that, that was your popular background back in the day was the uh, the the not want friends. Whereas I um. Since I've, it does come naturally to me, I mean, I I, I just talk a lot anyway. So um, if you're probably not a big talker, I still think you need to find some common ground. I don't think they're going to give you the emotional attachment until you've you've bonded a little bit. You know? Yeah. So um, if you, you're just going to have to talk about them and, and ask a lot of questions about them, if you're not if you're not going to ramble and, and try and bond with them, it's just going to be. What do you do, out of What do you do for fun? That's always a good question. And, yep. and whether they if they say nothing, you're like, oh, really, nothing? Don't let No get off the hook that easy. it has got to be something. Whether it's chess or making paper planes, you know, have a conversation. Talk about yourself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just see the one I made last three yeah. you know? <laughs> <For> fifty feet. <laughs> <laughs> but you've you've really got to. You, they won't they won't give it to you otherwise. You've got to get something out of them. They, they've got to like they've got to at least uh, believe that you are interested in them. I think to begin, with. they're going to start unloading all the stuff you know. yeah it's very rarely gonna go hey how's your day oh my god my husband hates me yeah so it's not going to happen gonna, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's about yeah, three up. sessions in. <laughs> yeah. yeah a couple more questions later but yeah for sure uh, you just gotta ask about them
0: yeah okay cool that's, that's really good stuff um all right so we talking a bit about about um, the sales side of things what uh, uh, and, and also um, overcoming that fear of asking what um what are maybe the other mistakes you regularly see? Uh, maybe not, let, let's skip the, the new guys uh, they are just starting out for this one. Because mm-hmm. I, I reckon, um, I, I really get excited by seeing um, trainers, for example, that are in that range of maybe they're, they're earning kind of 8 to 1200 bucks a week. They're inconsistent, but they're really passionate about the industry. They spend a lot of time learning. They really want it to help people out. Mm-hmm. What what mistakes do you reckon people are making that stop them going from, you know, that kind of inconsistent but but okay range, up to, you know, the the, the holy grail, which is more than you know, two thousand dollars or more a week. What are the things that are stopping them from going that next step? But I reckon
1: it's a good question. Um, people have probably complacency. I think they they don't they don't. we well, talking about earlier about having um, cancellation policies and things in place like that. Uh, and, and just keeping your proper accurate account on how many sessions they actually are doing. I think a lot of people go, oh, I've got enough now, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, they don't realise that they might have four cancellations a week. Um And they're not really sure of what they're, they're just roughly, I think, of them are around the 15 to 23, they don't really know. Uh, that's probably a big one, I think. Uh, I think when you get serious to start counting your sessions properly and managing them, you, you can set more accurate and, and tangible goals. Yep, And then you just got to set out a little a plan to get it, how many has a conversion rate and who could talk to him, and, and really just nut it out. Yeah. And until they do that, they're always gonna be in that middle ground and gonna, Yeah for uh, sure
0: Yeah. Yeah that's that's definitely that was one of the um I, I guess we we had a we had a, a a mentor who used to say the numbers never lie. Um <laughs> if you uh if you and, and is I think I think most trainers do it, you know, you, you get to the end of the week and you usually go on what your best week is, or, or the yeah. most clients you, or sessions you could potentially have that week, I think very few people add it up and go, "This is um this is how much I actually earned," and then compared it to what your goal is. You know, if you and and this it's a really important thing if you haven't worked out what your goal financially is for the for the year and for the week, you, know, if you haven't broken it down, reverse engineer it, you really don't know what you need, mm-hmm. and therefore you don't know how much work you need to do, um to get it done 100%. in that particular week, do you? 100%. Yeah, okay. So, so being really clear on where you are and what you're actually doing. Um, so that's one. What else? You got any other, any other gems? Like you've seen a lot of guys come through, and I know you built you're pretty. Um, built one of the probably the strongest teams from not only a um from a sessions point of view, but I know like good cohesion between the group. Is there anything else you think that?
1: Well, it's confidence too, I guess. I mean, like confidence is uh, geez, if you could bottle it, it'd be the most expensive thing out there, wouldn't it? I mean, like. And, and people can get confidence from many different things. Like I can think of some trainers who have gone away and done a course, and they've come back. They probably haven't really changed their sessions that much, but they now believe that they're better trainers, and they've come back and then they've gone from that 18 to 30 session mark all of a sudden, just because they're, they're a little bit of an extra spark and a bit of, you know, a, bit of a swagger on. Yeah. Um, sometimes it all just falls into place. See, I oh know other guys who have just they've, they've hit that 15, 16. Been grafting and grafting it, and all of a sudden, all the referrals, or, or all of a sudden, something clicks in place, and and always fine if you can get to the twenty mark. I, I believe if you can crack your twenty sessions, your clients start to work for you. Yeah, I okay. think ten to twenty is a lot harder than twenty to thirty, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's already things that are starting to flow, and it's just a yeah. You just got to get a little bit of confidence, and, and, and what we talked about earlier, making it setting your goals and stuff. But uh, once you once you're doing, once you're in the gym. You're doing at least 20 sessions. People are going to see more of you. You look at people whether all four new trainers out there. If you think people are watching doing this, because they are. People look at the trainers. People will always know who the trainers are in the gym, and they'll be starting what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. All right. So, and and now, obviously, we've mentioned that we're in the process of um of opening up a a gym facility. Um. Hopefully, as soon as we get a a place to stick all the stuff, Mm -hmm. um. What? Yeah. Would it be fair to say that you're you're not a natural, um, naturally business oriented guy?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yep.
0: that's, that's uh, accurate. Very accurate. So, um, so I mean, starting a starting a business where you're going to invest, you know, hundred thousand bucks, take on a, a lease for up to five years or longer. Um, you know, basically put put your balls and all your savings on the line. Um, is there anything that's have, had to shift in you to make that decision and commit to it? Have you found it um, easy to just have a punt? Are you, you know, are you do you start, sit home at night and stare at the roof because you're scared or what?
1: Uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely not scared. Um, I'm not sure if that's because I'm not really that sort of person. He does get scared. Maybe I should be. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I've definitely never been scared of stuff but I've definitely not done some things in the past because of a bit of self-doubt yeah. um, but I, I, I think I've, I've sort of sat back and thought about all the different challenges that I've done or, I mean I get you wrong in my PT day, I even thought how quick will it take me to build clients when I went to England and, and then when you go out there and, and you do the things that you've done before and you, know, and you kill it well I think all these things that you've done in the past and experiences just give you that little bit more confidence and even going to the sales manager role I didn't know how I'd go there I, you know, it, it's quite a Especially, uh, you know, we work the sales guys really hard in that particular gym, and uh, yeah, you draw confident from that as well. And I'm just at a point in my life where I'd, I don't know. Especially with you on board, mate. I think, I think with us, and uh, we do anything. <laughs> I really believe that. I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't.
0: I can't see this. Uh, I can't see this failing. Okay. So, so then, um, obviously, to try and convert that into something that'll help, I guess someone who might see themselves opening up a gym or a facility or, or taking the plunge themselves in the next few years. Yeah, what um what do you think they should be doing right now? Let's, let's say for a PT that's um that's doing reasonably well has has dreams of opening their own thing. You know, um and and you, I think you and I would both agree that um we probably if we'd done it a few years ago, even without knowing what we know now, we still reckon we've done we've done our own. Yeah. 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 So for people that that are Perhaps a few years into the game, um, they've been earning some good money, had some clients. Um, what do you think they should put in place now, or what major decisions or, or things should they think about um, to potentially open their own gym? Yeah, okay. Well, I would
1: I would say um, first of all, I talk, I get them to talk to someone who has opened a gym just to figure out because I, I look back at the stuff we didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> we thought we had everything covered, and then you learn a few things along the way. Um, so I'd, I first I'd talk to someone who's who's done it or, or who's doing it, find out all the things that they've been surprised by. Once you've got all the information, a, a lot, it doesn't have to be all, because if you can make mistakes, it doesn't matter. But once you've got a lot more information, I then would write down what you're good at and what you're not good at. And the parts that you're not good at, do you want to outsource it or get someone who is good at them? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think you should spend too much time
0: doing things that you're not good at. <laughs> that's um uh, that's definitely something that... um. Our last guest, Tom Shio, he said straight up, he was like, he goes, I can't do the Kenyan accent, but he goes, I, you know, I, I don't do the books. My wife, she does the books. And that's always been the way. He just doesn't do things that he's not good at. And yeah. it's, that's one of my weaknesses. Is I'll try and do everything myself instead of outsourcing it to other people when they're, when they're better at it, you know, I'll get yeah. it done faster. i get it so done half the time. Half the time job. and way better. Yep. Yeah. yep. Yep. Yeah, cool. Don't do shit that you're not good at. You know, find people that are going to do the, the, the stuff that you don't like or, you you don't know how to do, they'll do it better. As Ryan's knows, I'm, I'm lethal on a computer. Can ruin <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, I'll fix some of your mistakes, that's for sure. <laughs> um, all right, well, I'll probably start wrapping it up. Is there anything else you reckon that, any gems you got um, for for trainers, You know, anything that you think that um, really made a big difference in why you were able to carry on a business for so long in different countries and different areas? Um, I'll have you back on another time to talk about getting gigs um, in sporting teams and mm-hmm. things like that. But any, anything else you think that uh, – I guess my question would be if you had to give a trainer advice right now, like your best bang for your buck go-to thing to, to make more money than they're making today, what would you, get, what would you say to do? Jeez. Mm, Just
1: good, good energy. Yeah. And I don't care where you get it from. As I said, you might have to spend some money and go do what you like doing. But if you're buzzing and you're happy, people will want to hang out with you.
0: And that is it. That's it. That's it. That's a beautiful. All right. Well, thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks and uh, we'll definitely have you on again, and we'll talk. Yeah, how to how to break into sporting teams, and um, and more about our gym and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. That's That's